five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh. WDMA, we fight for mail and direct marketing every day. Okay, let's get over to the news. Charles Barkley makes jokes about clubbing in Dick's golf cart. Okay, so let's get, let's try watching the video. Oops. Yeah. Beep, beep. What up, Nick? Again, Charles. I need to add to my cart for Father's Day. Okay, so he's going to add to his cart. Okay, got that. He did a he did a bunch of commercials for Dick Sporting Goods, where he where he talked about ordering online, how you could still get your stuff while we were all locked down. Well, not in Wisconsin, we weren't, but I think that's a different type of card. Grab those shoes and get in. Which ones? All of them. Buckle up. Coolers. Rack them and stack them. Ooh, hit me with that kayak too. Look at these drivers. Time to go clubbing. Dad joke. It's Father's Day. Oversized load coming through. Who you calling oversized? The, the cart. Who you calling oversized? The cart. So anyway, you know, it's hard to believe that Charles would need anything in, in his life. <laughs> he probably, I mean, even I have two sets of golf clubs in the garage. So anyway, uh, but I enjoyed it and it was, you know, it's a lot of fun. We always have some fun to start with. Um, to give you something and to make to make a nice thumbnail for YouTube. Okay, and you can you can hear me live on YouTube if you want to, uh, and you get some nice notifications. Sometimes LinkedIn doesn't give notifications, so if you're out there, say hello. Okay, now this is scary. This is scary. I know it's hard to believe, but that. Tom Brady NFT might not be real. Scammers on the internet are impersonating crypto celebrities to sell bogus NFTs. And the reason I pull this up is just because it's 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 archetypical of the internet. It is the internet right here. You've got something where you can lock down the the forever the status of an image but that doesn't lock down the context of the image. It doesn't really say that you built it or any of the stuff that you claim about it. All it is is that that your your relationship with it is locked down. But you might not be. <laughs> and everybody forgets the context in epistemology, and it's important. It's important in philosophy of science, and it's important in marketing and how you test. So anyway, there are. 31,000 fake Tom Brady's. <laughs> Thanks, Juliet Bennett. I got to say hello to Juliet. I don't remember reading her stuff before, but we'll say hello. Okay, so Paris Hilton says she owns 150 NFTs, and Tom Brady is the co-founder of the NFT platform Autograph. But cybersecurity firm Brandshield uh, recently took a look at the scams and found 41,000 NFTs on OpenSea that are using unauthorized celebrity names or images. 41,000 fake images, most of which were for Tom Brady. How does the scam work? Brandshield says the scammers often create social media profiles. But we know that there aren't fake identities. There aren't fake bots and people on Twitter. 
They told us so. They told Congress that. Only 5% at tops. Anyway, impersonating celebrities or brands. And they found 2,800 impersonations of Tom Brady alone. When you... So what is a bogus NFT? When you buy an NFT of a picture of Tom Brady, what that NFT represents is that you're the only you are the only valid owner of that picture. If someone sells you a fake one, you're not the real owner, someone just copied it. Well, you are the real owner. You are not let, nailed down as the real owner of that picture. But it's kind of like someone sold you a poster of the, of the Mona Lisa claiming it was Da Vinci's original. Except in this case, it's a graphic image, and so it's easier to copy than robbing the Louvre, and you can't hang it on your wall. And that's just a picture of the Internet. And I get, I get asked every day if I want help with my digital advertising, and I say, oh, yeah. And the one thing you know about this show is it's me. The video, this is not an NFT of John. This is not a, what do you call it? I don't remember. The deep fakes. That's it. That's what you call it. It's not a deep fake of John Miglosh because, you know, you can only do that stuff in spurts. Now, someone could build a deep fake of me, but obviously you'd know quickly whether they had they shared my opinions. <laughs> OK, now here's an interesting article from Dan Marks. When the print provider customer relationship just isn't right. And I spoke on this just the other day, I mentioned earlier in the week that I'm looking for a CRM that does auto-dialing fairly well and um, maybe connects up with, what was that thing I signed up for yesterday? Slack. And we actually did send messages back and forth with my team, although we don't quite get how the notifications work. I think it basically depends on being on the phone. Uh you know, having an app on the phone. So anyway, we did the Slack thing, and we're getting we're getting warmer on that. But I was talking to a CRM company and uh, and registered on their site for more information about their CRM. One of the things you'd think would be the minimum for a CRM would be that they send you what they said they were going to send you. I mean, we can automate that, for heaven's sakes. That doesn't even take a robot. Just the type of form you fill in, you should hit it, and it should be in your inbox. Nope. I did that on Saturday, and it hasn't come yet. So that's a clue. They're just not into me. Anyway, what I said the other day was that Customer relationships are not the same as family relationships. But this article from Dan suggests that they are, and here's the similarities. Now, I'm not saying there's no similarities, right? If you don't hear from somebody, they're not into you, I get that, okay? But Dan says, in business relationships, it's important to recognize that first, they are relationships, and then he says, like those we have with friends, partners, spouses, and family. Well, you know, a big difference is the financial aspect here, right? Like when you lend your children money, 
and they are slow to pay, <laughs> you're stuck. You're just stuck with them. <laughs> My parents had a principle, don't lend our kids any money. <laughs> but we were stuck with them. My parents, too. You're stuck. You're stuck. And friends, if you do too much financial, you know, the whole point of friends is that they're not in it for the money. If they were, you know, you'd lose all your friends when things were rough, right? Same thing with spouses. <laughs> for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, for better and for worse. <laughs> Those are different than vendor relationships, I have to tell you. They're different. Now, they might have some similarities, but yes, there's communication, reliability, disappointment, trust. But as Matthew Parker points out, if your print company is selling on on quality and service, you had nothing to say. Everybody says that. Everybody has customer service, customer support, timely delivery, high quality printing. You know, we're all running on the same equipment for heaven's sakes. So it's like all that's taken for granted. So it's different. It's I would say it's so, so different. But uh, but one of the great things about this is that he's got three companies and he's got some sales, print salespeople, Bill Farquharson, who is a connection. And so, hi, Bill. I'll, I'll reach out to you. And, um, you know, obviously we're at different stages. Sometimes poor communication and unmet expectations, the obvious reason is a job screw up. If you screw up a job, you can expect to lose it. And oftentimes you do. Depends on how exclusive you are. Depends on what you're connected with, how you've built those other services, right? For example, a database company I know of, historically, they're a good company, but somehow somebody missed the fact that all the addresses had no address line. They had a name and they had a zip code and a city-state zip. So they were deliverable up to the post office. So they went through the data. They went out from the data company and the data hygiene didn't look for it. No one actually looked at the addresses. The printer printed them, you know, addressed the catalog and they... I never get calls from Heartland. So, uh, anyway, so they got to the post office and the USPS called and said, we can't deliver any of these. Bad deal. But I think the printer and the data company both retained that client. I know the client. Okay, but anyway, uh, the printer might say, You've outgrown us uh, and suggest another printer. And that's happened. Uh, and it happens quite a bit, actually, because the best deals are on the print, uh, are on the print equipment that matches the job. Okay. So if you're, if you're doing 10 million catalogs on a run, you're probably going to go to Roto. I would think so. And if your printer doesn't have Roto, then it's a little harder for them to be economical. Right now, then that printer should talk you into versioning and stuff so that you can't do one big run. <laughs> but it may not be in your best interest. It may be best 
You know, and, and you know, one of the things uh, I did a keynote for R.R. Donnelly for their sales force one time, about 250 salespeople, and got a standing ovation, which was fun. You know, we got them riled up, I'll tell you. But, um, but what I told them was that, you know, your, your relationship starts with somebody probably too small to print with you. And that's, that happened to me. Uh, I printed a general binding catalog. It's up on the shelf. You can't see it, but it's up there on, on the wall. And we, it was only about, a, a, I think it was only about a half a million pieces, you know, but it was a 56 page catalog or something. And they, so it's still a pretty good run. And they, uh, and Donley forgot to check the print, the, the finished weight <clears throat> of all the signatures. I didn't know that I was supposed to. I was pretty new as a consultant. And it turned out to not make the, the weight cutoff and was a little more expensive than we expected. <clears throat> okay. And I just think it was too small a job. But I told the, the print salespeople when I did this keynote that, um, that you, you start a relationship with a, with a company when they're small and hopefully you, they look for you when they get bigger. <clears throat> but I said, one of the things, one of the reasons I use other printers than Donley was at the time, um, getting my order forms printed somewhere else. They didn't do, you know, order forms a lot of times on mini web, uh, ground wood and, um, it's just a small job, you know, and sometimes they have an envelope, you know, so the folder formers are a little different. And at the time, Donnelly wasn't doing it. So I went to Amadon in Minneapolis and got that printed and we shipped that in. <clears throat> I mean, when I first started with my first catalog, we, we printed at one place. We got the order form at another place. We got the address label stuck on at another place. Um, and I, and, but eventually... I remember looking at going to visit the quad plant in the 70s and they were doing the whole thing for magazines all at once and uh, with blow-ins and bind-ins and stuff. So as as the customers got more sophisticated, the printers in many cases added services which cut out other printers. So anyway, um, Farquharson says a toxic relationship on the part of customers can occur when the client doesn't pay. <laughs> yeah, you can only go so long on that one, right? Um, or the customer complains too much on a press check. I used to get really good pricing, uh, better than anybody, I think, because I would promise not to even go on a press check. <clears throat> I didn't like doing press checks. I found out at the time that JCPenney didn't go on press checks. And what can you do anyway? If you adjust the flesh tones on one page, it goofs up the, the item color on another page. <laughs> it's really the truth. You know, you get a pink streak in, or if you up the red or whatever. So there was a whole, not a whole lot you could do. And I said to him, I want pleasing color. I was selling imprinted merchandise. So the client didn't really care what color it was. You know, it wasn't like they were trying to match their favorite skirt. They were just giving them away for free to their customers. And their customers didn't care either because they got it for free. So nobody cared about the color. And I said, look, I promise I will not criticize or try to adjust the color on press. I want pleasing color. I want it to look like a shirt. You know, if it looks like an Eskimo or something or a polar bear, no. But if it looks like a shirt, we'll be happy with it. And I promised and promised. And that actually got me lower pricing and I stuck with it. But some customers say that and then they go back on it. Some cases it's no one's fault. 
you know, like the Lovesack case study, we were doing a catalog and we showed them that there was a huge return on investment, but we made we made so much money with the postcards and it was less expensive. They said, and we could and it was more versatile in a lot of ways. So we could go with that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, a lot of cases it's no one's fault. <clears throat> okay, um, but when the client leaves, then you you know you don't give them as much service. So we parted company just like that. I think I should call him back though. Maybe we could. That catalog made a lot of sense for him actually. Okay, and then there's all these breakup lines that they give in this article. Um, you have to have chemistry. It's not exactly true. Like when I was doing Roto, how many plants were there? I think Kebacor up in up in uh, up in Canada did Roto, and um, and Krieger did do Roto, but then they went under, and so it was really Donley. And uh, down at their Glasgow, Kentucky plant was the big Roto plant. Um, didn't matter if I liked them or not. It was a better deal. Okay. So, but there is rarely an exclusive. Uh, Forkwardson says he would, I want your, you to be my customer 10 years from now. Well, okay. It, it may happen. You know, my father used, uh, used uh, Dell's or lithograph in Waukesha for 30, 40 years, but, and they're still open. Okay. Ted Pidak owner of Chili Bears, and he prints apparel, says sometimes the clients ask for way too much. Joni Bryant with McNaughton Gun said, we've been around 45 years, and most of our client relationships keep on going. Now, they're a book publisher, book manufacturer. So uh, she had one client leave, but they came back. <clears throat> um, and uh, Blaine McMillan, who's who's a wide format printer out in Edmonton, Alberta, I've been there in the winter, said, we never say no to a customer because we're a small market. And, um, but when customers leave, they often don't find out why. If they stop talking to us as often, it's, uh, it's, a, good, it's a good signal, right? And again, slow to pay means they might be dissatisfied. Uh, Pittick says, uh, it's the same as dating. And again, I don't, agree but he sometimes he prices his company out of the job if they stick around he says then it's on them that's a kind of a cavalier attitude i thought his was kind of he was kind of more of a son of a gun in this article uh but he did say that he had a six-figure account that was seeking another printer and so pittock called up the the head of the company and said we still want you what can we do and um and they said well it wasn't my idea. It's probably some buyer somewhere that got a penny difference uh, per piece or something. <clears throat> Sometimes you can say, Pinnock says he sends the reasons that he's breaking up in an email. Bad form, I would say. <laughs> Pitcock. Bad form, bad form. Bryant, she's the book publisher, says she'll have at least a conversation. I would say if it's a longtime customer, yeah, give him a call, talk to her. And I've had some really good conversations and learned a lot. And sometimes we have to change, and sometimes it's the market that's changed, and it's hard to, to fix. But uh, we had a relationship, really nice relationship with Hamaker Schlemmer, and they pointed out that they got modeling through uh, their list source. So they used a couple of people, but, you know, you'd recognize them. And the modeling was just built right in, and the CFO liked that better. Didn't like that I charged a separate thing and didn't, provide the lists. Um, so since then, I've established a relationship 
with a printer database company that I can I can work with the lists, which is kind of my thing, really. That's where I really got cut most of my teeth, also in graphics. And but I can I can deliver the names and then also um, build the modeling right in. And so um, that makes 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 a good point. But Dan quotes in in a loop back to the relationship motif that half the marriages in the U.S. end in divorce. It was never a correct statistic. So I just had to call that out. So like this article, I have a lot of difference of opinion with Dan. Um, you know, they think it was a Baptist preacher who started preaching on half the marriages. What he did was he took the number of divorces divided by the number of new marriages that year. And that's where he got the number. But that's not the right number. That's not. That's just bad math. If you want to know the percentage of divorces, you have to take it against the pool of marriages, the total pool, because the whole all the divorces came out of that pool. <clears throat> Unless you're talking about the number of divorces that end the number of marriages this year that ended this year in divorce, in which case it would be fair, and it wouldn't be 50%, because it's fun. At the beginning, it's fun. <clears throat> and I don't think it's still 50%, although that gets bandied about forever. And it just goes to show you that a bad idea, <laughs> there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come, and that may be one. Have a great day. Like and share. Tell me about your printer relationships, and I'll tell you that they are a vendor. And if you're a printer, you're a vendor. And I'd like to hear from Matthew Parker on this one. Bye-bye.